Hi everyone, I'm Allie Stone and this is Discovering Hospitality. Now for most of my life, I've worked in the hospitality industry and even more specifically in restaurants. And in the past 15 years of my life, I've been a partner with the Original Joe's Franchise Group here in good old Edmonton, Alberta. And this has been such an incredible experience for me. Honestly, it's been a lifetime worth of learning and living that could have never been taught by any educational institution. And truthfully, it's provided me with the opportunities that I continue to deepen in my career as, as a leader and a coach and an entrepreneur. So if you're listening in and you're in the industry, you know that we have an incredible culture of people, stories, and experiences that don't often get shared with the world. And it's my hope that through this podcast, we can peel back some of the veil of our industry. We can peel back some of the layers of that onion, so to speak, so that the people we love that aren't necessarily a part of this industry can start to learn and see why we all love it so much. Now, this industry is all about people. It's about connection and it's about love. And if you don't love the word love, that's totally okay. Maybe interject the word care, but it truly is about connecting. Now, we have a saying in our organization with Original Joe's and State and Maine, and it's that people make the world beautiful. And I've been so lucky to be a part of that for so many years now. And now I have this incredible opportunity to share some of the amazing stories of our industry with the world, with all of you, our listeners. It's my hope that these stories will warm your heart. Uh, they might make you laugh and they might even be stories that make you cringe or think a little or change the way you see things. It's my mission to help all of you see how incredible hospitality people are and how committed they are to taking care of each other and other people. So without any further delay, let's dive into this week's podcast. All right. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. It's another week of Discovering Hospitality. We had a little bit of a Thanksgiving break, and um, I'll tell you, it was it was nice for me, and, um, you know, I, I gave my guests a little bit of a break <laughs> instead of hounding them down and making them do interviews over Thanksgiving, but luckily, I have a wonderful person here today who is ready one day after Thanksgiving to get back on the bandwagon with me, so I have Adam Nackbauer here today with me, who is the co-founder of Snake Lake Brewing in Sylvan Lake. I met Adam, oh, just a couple of weeks ago. So our relationship is new, but a lot of the people on our team know him quite well. And I was instantly like, this guy is hospitality. <laughs> so I had to have him on and I had to bring him onto the podcast. So I'm super excited to have you here today. Welcome, Adam. Thanks for coming to hang out with me. Yeah, you betcha. Thank you for having me on. This is great. This is going to be fun because I have a lot of questions for you. So I hope I hope you're ready for me. <laughs> oh, too. <laughs> I was just doing a little bit of like kind of digging on Snake Lake and 
you guys started this around 2017 and we kind of had this conversation, but I'll get you to kind of share it on the podcast. But there was three of you, a, a rig hand, a technician, and what was the other career? A mechanic. Yeah, like I'm originally a heavy duty mechanic. Bill is a instrumentation tech and Dean was a worked on the rigs. So he was a tool push. Okay, so you start this passion project. You want you want to brew beer. Do you have yeah. any idea it's going to turn into this when you guys start? No, this is, uh, we, we, we didn't know how this was going to turn out or what we were creating. Like we knew we had a plan, right? Like we had a, an idea, a direction we wanted to go, kind of an industry, industry change. But it was, uh, it, it all kind of just exploded on us um, as we got building and got going with stuff. Because originally we, all we were going to do was build a homebrew shop because we were really into homebrewing. We wanted to build uh, a place where you could come like brick and mortar, stop in, grab a, a, a mash tun or a kettle or a, a, a new chiller, something like that for your, your homebrew setup at home. And as we got looking at buildings and stuff, like it just kind of kept expanding, expanding into the point where we we're like, well, like Sylvan doesn't have a, doesn't have a brewery. Maybe we should look into that. And we had a, had a night of brewing at Bill's house and kind of came up with the conclusion that this was a good idea. And I kind of called him in the morning. I was kind of like, Hey man, like, I was kind of serious about that. Were you? And he said the same thing. He's like, yep. Yeah, I was serious. Let's see what we can do. And so we started building a business plan and that was, we started that in February of 2017 and worked on that business plan for about three months and finally had it down to basically the PSI CO2 we were going to need for a year to run the place and took it into a bank. And um, along with uh, a, a pile of money that we had kind of all collected from our lives, like we sold everything I sold. I had two airplanes at the time I was flying. I just got my commercial license and I had, I sold my motorcycles and my half ton and ended up selling my acreage and a shop I had in Sylvan Lake and pooled all this money that we had kind of built our whole lives up with and built it the same and Dean threw the same and we all are equal shareholders. And yeah, and then this happened. We started building about our building in June, uh, 2017 and we're open our doors and it was February, 2018. Yeah, so cool. Okay, I just want to back it up for a second. Uh, you're a pilot. Yes. Yeah. How I, uh, about that? How did you become a pilot? Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I. Well, originally it was because I was, I was I'm a heavy duty mechanic by trade, and I did that for about 14 years. And I was looking for a change, something different, um, get out of the industry, um, like the oil field industry, just something to get a change of pace. Some, and I, I mean, it'd been a decade and a half basically, and try something new. So I. I ended up getting a coupon for a uh, a free intro flight, or I think no, it was a discount. It was seventy five bucks for an intro flight in Red Deer. Never wanted to fly a plane in my life. Nothing. I rode motorcycles. That was my thing. And I ended up with this free intro flight <laughs> ticket or whatever it was, seventy five bucks, I think it was. And I went and took it. And I got in the little Cessna, and the guy's like, oh, I can't remember his name. I think his name was Jeremy. And he's, I said, like, show me what this thing can do. Like, make me want to get my whole license. And we went up over Sylvan Lake and did a whole bunch of fun things and uh, came back. I was like, yeah, okay, I wanna get my private pilot license. So I did, and it took me about two years off and on cause you kind of like pay as you go and fly a few hours here, a few hours there. And then I got my private. And uh, the next weekend after I got my private pilot license, I actually um, flew down to Estevan, Saskatchewan. I think I flew into Regina or Saskatoon or something on the way and then drove from there but I bought a little 172 Cessna down there I flew that back by myself um fresh out of like getting my private pilot license 
and uh, then continued to use it to get all my hours for my commercial pilot and then wrote all my exams down at Transport Canada in Calgary at the Calgary airport and passed all my flight tests and and I got my commercial pilot's license so that was kind of the direction I wanted to head and then uh, I've got two kids I've got a five-year-old and a seven-year-old and you're you're away a lot and the hours of that are not really they're they're not what I wanted and not what I was kind of like hoping to gear my life towards. So yeah. it's, uh, this is a way more, I don't know, I want to say structured timeline with what I'm doing now. So yeah, I ended up selling both. That is so cool. So um, you don't know this about me, but I'm fascinated with flying. Yeah, I love it. I would love to fly one day. Pilot. I think that that would be just incredible. There's something so freeing of like the moment when the wheels leave the ground i don't know i don't know if it's because i'm going on holidays or <laughs> and i've been on airplanes since i was a kid so like it's always been a thing my dad worked for the airlines so when i went to calgary i flew to calgary in like the early 80s so like i've been always on planes and yeah i just I, i'm comfortable i love them that's so cool i i love them too i love the feeling of just being in that air and there's no like there's no grip or traction on the ground like you're just always kind of fluid I, I really like yeah. that let's talk a little bit about snake lake so you guys have done some really cool things so there's a lot of craft breweries out there and you know they kind of have their thing or their niche or they have their like five kind of beers that they make you guys have everything from a pilsner to like you know a kettle sour and everything in between and i think that that's really cool my actual actually let me just tell you my favorite is the birthday suit and it's not because i love the beer it's because i love the name so every time i see it i start giggling and i'm like mm -hmm, you know what happens when you drink too much of that beer <laughs> absolutely true <laughs> you came up with that name yeah tell me what is your most favorite snake lake beer and the one maybe that you're most passionate about and why okay so uh that's actually really cool when we were starting we were picking our beer lineup what we were going to have we were going to have a pilsner a red ale uh an ipa and i was like guys if we're building a brewery together like i gotta have a stout or a porter like i'm a dark beer guy through and through i've always liked dark beers craft dark beers are amazing once you kind of get into the flavor profiles of them just like what you can do with the malt and the different characteristics of uh of the hops and stuff dark beers are not just a cold weather drink to me i i'll drink them all summer anyway so the commodore stout was one we put together uh, or octavio put together our, our brewmaster our head brewer and it was actually the first beer we won an award for. Another one that I really like, and it's just kind of a different, a different take on an amber is the Vienna Lager. The Vienna Lager is a amber lager that we do for Oktoberfest. It's a very easy to drink beer. It's crisp. It's, it's just a singular flavor profile. Like a, a lager is a really easy to drink beer. They always are just because of the way we're, we ferment them for so long of a time that they're just crisp and cool and, and, and this, I don't know, like, you know the beers that you can see right through? You can see right through it in the sense that, like, you can't, if there's any discoloration or any off flavors or anything, they present themselves right away. So these lagers are really cool, but the Vienna lager is an amber, and it's just got this beautiful color when it's sitting in a glass in the tap room or wherever it is. And that, I'm really drawn to that beer as well. And it's not a, a dark beer like a stout or a porter, but it's just, it's got this presence when it's in a glass. And I, I really, I'm really drawn to that beer too. That's cool. You're really, you're really passionate about beer. And I, I find that very inspiring. I think it's cool 
the way you talk about it and, and yeah, and the way you feel about it. So like I said, when I met you, I was like, this guy's hospitality to me. Like you're very uh, personable. You love people. You're very friendly. I feel like you, people probably want to be around you. I'm guessing, <laughs> I'm guessing you have lots of friends, um, which is a great thing. So I'm just curious, I want to talk a little bit about hospitality. Um, and I'm just wondering, like, what does hospitality mean to you? What, it, what, what does that embody for you? Uh, hospitality to me is an experience. It's an atmosphere. It's a, a feeling you get when you go somewhere and the respect or the, how you're received and the way you feel about going to a place and whether you go back to it. And the hospitality industry is, is something something that's just fun there's so many cool avenues and so many different ways it can be portrayed but hospitality is just straight up being taken care of when you go somewhere you want that experience you're going out of your way to go to a, a different location you're going on your own time to somewhere to have an experience and to actually get that and to have fun with it or or just make a an afternoon or a day or or whatever you're going to put put your time into it's it's worth it and that like i want all my like uh, my staff my place my um my building everything about it i want that experience when people go there i want that hospitality i want them to be completely comfortable happy the atmosphere is good and want to come back and i i think that's fun that's a huge part of it is the being friendly like you have to be able to talk to people you want to know about them you're not just they're not just a number. They're not just a customer walking through the door. These are people that you, you want as regulars and you want to see their faces and know about their kids and what they're doing and what trips they've been on. And, I, and that's all stuff that's so cool to me to be jumping into this industry after something where I was laying under an engine at 3 a.m. in the dark by myself. So it's so cool to actually get to talk to people. And that's, that's a, it's a huge part, especially for what we're doing here in Sylvan Lake. So are there any parallels you can draw between, you know, uh, what you were doing before as a heavy duty mechanic and what you're doing now? Is there anything in that previous career of yours that has helped you become the kind of entrepreneur you are now? I, I think so. When I, when I was working as a mechanic, I did have my own business and I was contracting to uh, an oil company or a gas company. At that time, I was working on natural gas compressors. It's the same how you interact with people is, is make or break for your life. Like you can, you can guide no matter what career or what industry you're in, how your interaction with people around you is and how you choose to deal with situations and how you basically re react to things is it, it can make everything really good or it can make everything really bad. I think dealing with people is you're forever, you're forever growing because you're always learning. You're always, I, I try to be really diplomatic. I'm not going to lie. Like when I talk to people, I always want to make sure I'm considering their feelings and considering where they've come from and a little bit of their background and why they would feel that way. And I think a lot of that came from working in the, in, in, in the oil field because you are kind of stuck with certain people for, for hours and hours and hours. You work long, like 16, 18 hour shifts and you'll be in that building with one person. And you just learn to take everybody, everybody, everybody's awesome you just got to dig for it sometimes so what has uh been the most challenging a part of building a brewery for you and and your partners your so you, you might you might laugh at this now 
<laughs> it's actually the the management end of it. Mm -hmm. um, the hardest part for me has been um, growing with more and more staff, yeah. and that is really because I I'm kind of a feeler. Like I feel things, and I I'm always trying to keep everybody happy, and I want to make sure I'm still respectful. But then there's the whole other aspect where it's your business, and you have to make sure things are getting done, and make sure people are doing their jobs and what you're paying them for, and and that's hard. That was really hard for me, and it still is for me to kind of draw a line between the two of those and and know that you're you're being a good boss in the sense that you're keeping everybody on task, keeping your job, your business running, everybody at their jobs, but still trying to have that time to be like, okay, what do you need? How are you doing? Like, what's how is like just knowing a little bit about everybody, but that friend boss line is a hard one to walk. And that yeah. I think was a, a big part for all of us jumping into this as a management role because we honestly, I don't think any of us thought we'd get this big, so many people in the building, everybody's so different. And, and it's, uh, it's very, very personal. Like we're very, we're still a small company. I think we have 16 people working with us right now, but you, it's close enough that you know everybody and you know kind of what they're up to, who, what they're doing. And it's, it's a, it's a family, but you still, got to manage that family <laughs> and I mean like I don't know it's it's way different than kids <laughs> well uh, you might find one day that it's not that different than kids we'll see <laughs> very interesting to try and figure out how to what's the best way to walk that line because you if you don't have relationships with the people that you're leading you're not going anywhere anyway so you can't, you can't just be a manager, right? And, and you can't just be a friend. You have to kind of like find where that sweet spot is for you. And it's different for everybody else. But I always just say, be authentic, be who you are. And you're very genuine. So I'm sure you'll figure it out. So, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, okay. I wanted to ask you, so sorry, when I had Jordy um, on the podcast, you had given him a bunch of snake lake packs to give away which was so cool so thank you again for that that was incredible it was so kind of you guys um yeah, no you gave the listeners an incredible beer and i had quite a few people message me about it and i was wondering if you could talk about it because you told me about it and i was like this is incredible <laughs> and i think if people know that i think that's such a cool story so um tell us about the beer it was a limited edition big bottle right yeah so what it is is like we do our regular core beers, which we have on with restaurants, liquor stores, um, growler bars, stuff like that. We drop seasonal beers about once a month, which is always like a cool, different variation of something we're doing or a completely different out there beer, like you mentioned, Kettle Sour. Um, but then there's a whole other side of Snake Lake. That's our barrel-aged and um, conditioned beers that we do, and they take a long time. So a lot of the beers we do, there's... Brewer's yeast is called Saccharomyces. Okay. So there's a couple different strains of it. Use it, ales, lagers, but Saccharomyces is brewer's yeast. And then there's another strain of yeast that we use is called Brettanomyces. And Brettanomyces, or Brett, actually eats a lot of the starches and complex sugars and stuff that the Saccharomyces will not consume. So it actually dries out the beer to a point where it's like almost like a, you know, champagne dry or white wine dry? Mm -hmm. yeah. That's that's what this uh, this yeast does this other bread which is another strain of yeast like it it actually contours the flavors and it over time adds this whole new complexity to the beer 
that's just the start of kind of what we do with the chemistry of it and, and everything. But anyways, that beer that we dropped off, which is called Lushed Up, okay. the way that was made is we hand crushed muscat grapes. So they were all hand crushed, the whole tote of them that we did. Um, we It was so many grapes that we actually have people from the tap room coming in and we'd be we'd be like, hey, if you come crush grapes for like 20 minutes, we'll score you a beer. Like <laughs> kind of thing like that. Like we were like paying people to come back because there was so many grapes. And anyways, we hand crushed all these grapes, got them in a tote. They spontaneously fermented on the grape skins. We blended it with a mixed ferment Saison. And then that sat for 20 months. After that, we blended it with an 18 month sour blonde. Um, the two of those went together went into bottles they're 750 mil wine bottles that we wax dip with natural like uh, local beeswax like if you smell the top of those bottles they smell like honey it's amazing mm -hmm. anyways so it goes back and in, into the we put these in the bottle and they get carbonated in the bottle it's called bottle conditioning so they actually carbonated in the bottle and that by the time that whole process was done and we had them out it was like 22 months went into this beer and it is so cool the flavors it's got a real like deep white wine characteristic on the on the beer itself and it's it's something you just can't get like these are we only released 40 cases of it out to alberta so super rare very very small batch but the the time and effort that went into that beer is it's it's art so yeah. it is like this whole nother personality of the brew we make fun pilsners and fun ipas that you can smash on the beach but then there's this side of it then it's it's the the depth the complexity it's the the flavor profiles and just the art like we said of something else that our brewers can play with like and they really really like doing that stuff and it gives them another avenue to practice and hone their skills and try something with a, a, a way different brewing technique that's so cool did you have a hard time finding people to brew your beers like finding the right is that like a hard career to hire for or like how did that go well it's actually it's really cool because Alberta has Olds College and there's actually a brewmaster program in there. Oh, cool. So there is quite a few brewers that you meet along the way that have been through Olds College and they're local and, and really good people. Our original brewer, um, Octavio, he came when we were building the brewery, he actually came to us before we even had our tanks. So we, we looked up, there's like a Kijiji for brewing equipment. It's called probrewer.com. Okay. And we were on Pro Brewer and threw an ad out on there, said we were looking for a, a brewmaster or a head brewer. And uh, we had a whole bunch of resumes come back. We had three really good ones. And uh, one of them was in Nova Scotia, I believe. Uh, one of them was from House Sound Brewing in BC. And one of them was from R&D Brewing uh, in BC, which was Octavio. And uh, we went through phone interviews with all these people. Um, Octavio just clicked with us. He was really friendly, seemed to know what he was talking about. And he moved out and actually helped us with the build once we got our tanks. Like he actually helped us build the brewery. And he has been an unreal part right from startup. There's his, uh, his beer creation, like his recipe development, the beer styles he goes after are, are an on point style. He doesn't just create like a an ale or a lager or a blonde or anything like that like he makes a german style pilsner and we go so far in depth with this that it uh we have a water treatment plant in the brewery so what we do is we strip our water with our reverse osmosis and we do about seven thousand liters at a time and then what that gives us the ability to do is we can actually rebuild that water up to whatever country or region in the world we want to 
So we take Germany's water profile. We take that profile, take our water, add the calcium chloride, the calcium sulfide, the pH level of that region, and we actually create their water. So it's as if you turned on the tap in that country and made the beer there. Yeah, water profiles are huge. Like, water is your biggest ingredient. If you're not changing your water profiles, like, a lot of your beers will have a, this kind of a similar underlying taste. Like, mm -hmm. that's a huge part of beer. And water chemistry is something that gets overlooked a lot. So this is something that Octavio brought up. We actually said, yep, let's go ahead. We put that water treatment plant into the brewery. And that now with every beer we put out, we always have a different water profile. And it's, uh, it's really cool to see what those guys can do with it. So anyways, I got off on a weird story there. But Octavio came put these recipes in this development and we learned a ton from this guy. He always is just basically bringing in knowledge about different styles and why things are like that and time and temperature and why it's just the whole thing. Beer is so cool. Like, and there's so many different parts to it. And right that. from when you're milling the grain to when it's in the fermenter to how long you leave it to when it comes out to the canning process to selling it and sitting in a bar or a pub and drinking your own beer like from one end to the other the whole process is amazing and i mean i i like to drink beer it's it's canada <laughs> so anyways octavia put these together like taught us drink. along the way and uh and yeah i know our assistant brewer jesse came to us uh for locally too but i'm i believe he was part of the old college program and okay. uh and yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. Like there's, there's guys out there, like it's a whole industry. So you, yeah. you just got to put the right, go through the right paths to find who you're looking for. But there is, there, there are brewmasters and head brewers that are accessible when you, when you're looking for somebody like they, we got lots of applications. Yeah. That program. I, I believe it's two years. So I have with me, Jordy's favorite beer. Sidewinder IPA. Totally. Yeah. Can you see it? Sidewinder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, beautiful. Okay. It smells amazing. I love the smell. Talk to me about this. This is so cool. Okay, so the Sidewinder IPA is a New England IPA. It's a Northeast style, so it's hazy, it's juicy, it's balanced. Unlike a West Coast IPA, it's, they're easy. Let's put it that way. It's an easy IPA. So they are these delicious flavors that come off of them and aromas, and that's all from the hops. So what we do is we have a lot of late edition hops. When you boil a hop, it gets bitter. And we do a lot of late addition hops into our boil, so our beers aren't overly bitter. They're very balanced. That beer especially gets dry hopped. It's a process where you put the, the hops in cold. And okay. what that does is the, the beer takes on the aromas and flavors of the hops, but not the bitterness. So there's thousands of combinations of hops. There's all different kinds of hops. And when you mix them together, you get all these different flavors that work together and play off each other and almost bring to light different different flavors that you wouldn't even get out of that normal hop but when you combine it with the other flavors and the different species of them you're you're getting these amazing amazing beers and the that's what craft beer is it's it's combining products and, and doing stuff and having a full experience you get the aromas off of it you're getting the flavor you're getting this homemade loaf of bread compared <laughs> to like a store-bought loaf it's, I love it's it. beautiful it's this so is beautiful. I had if you if you're gonna believe this, I actually haven't. I'm a really bad restaurant girl right now. I haven't tried this beer, so I stopped drinking beer. So I'm not your best client right now. But I stopped <laughs> drinking beer a couple of years ago. So my husband used to drink a ton of it, but he doesn't drink anymore. So I used to like try all his beers, and but I just never really drank a full, full beer. But I now yeah. have a six pack of this in my house, and it will be getting drank 100. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. 
it feels like it's got depth. Like it's not, you know what I mean? Like if you drink a Pilsner or you drink something, I actually like an IPA like that. I would probably choose that. And this is like a beautiful IPA. Like I will hundred percent drink this. So <laughs> Awesome. Well, we got a gold medal for that out of all of Alberta last year. And we are pretty proud of that because that's a big category. Yeah, that's so cool. And so what are you having? What are you drinking? So I am drinking uh, the Kinnebic Pilsner. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, I was looking at this one too, but I was like, no. So- so this beer is the one that we got the water treatment plant for because we wanted to be, I think at the time we were one of two breweries in central Alberta that could even make something like this. And that's just solely based on the water. This year, I'm, I'm really proud of this beer um, as it is anyways. However, we won a gold medal for this out of all of Alberta this year. And then followed up with a gold medal out of all of Canada for this beer this year. Congratulations. So, we're really proud of Octavio on this and it's it's really cool to get recognized with a like nationwide gold medal pilsner that's you can't hide anything in this it's so clear like all off flavors you can tell because it's such a singular flavor profile all off colors they show so to for him to nail it in both provincial and national we are so freaking proud of that guy that's so cool I want to meet this guy I'm coming to Sylvan Lake for sure. <laughs> right I've on. actually heard that the tap room is amazing. Tell me about the tap room. Yeah, we've got uh, just snacks like Appies. We do like spring rolls from a, a local place in town called Spinnakers. We get spring rolls from them. Uh, we've got Sylvan Star cheese. So we do cheese platters and stuff like that. Um, we've got a bunch of Appies too, like matzo sticks, french fries, the usual stuff. Easy. Yeah. But because uh, it's all about the beer. And that's what we mm-hmm. usually have 10 to 12 taps on of all different styles of beers. A um, couple different uh, the fancy bottles that we were talking about, different stuff like that. And the tap room is uh, an experience in itself. It's something we made. It's simple, but it's it's got a wow factor to it in my own personal opinion. And I'm not just saying that because it's mine, but it like I, you walk in the door and it's all timber frame. We have timber frame, whole structure built uh, where you sit and that's the sitting area. There's a bar um, with the taps all kind of drilled into copper. But where you're sitting in that timber frame structure, it looks straight out into the brewery. So you're looking at all the tanks. There's no walls. There's no windows. You see all the tanks. You see what's going on in the back. And it's, it gives you that entire atmosphere of the brewery. You feel like you're part of it. And you get to right. sit there and see w- where it's come from, what it's doing. We do tours, tell everybody the process so you can learn about how beer's made. And then go sit and have a pint or a flight and try a bunch of different ones. So you take people through the process? Like, do they get a tour? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's one of my oh, favorite yeah, parts so of being in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you've listened to the podcast. You listen to majorities and stuff, and we talked a little bit about it. And so every time somebody's on the podcast, I like to ask them if they have a people make the world beautiful story. So I'll just give you, let me give you the premise of this, because you probably don't know the history of our organization. What we, our core purpose is, is to take care of people. And we do that through recognizing people who do incredible things and it really kind of like turned into this thing in our organization where you know every week when we, when we would meet uh as a senior leadership team we would share good news stories and uh then we started sharing them on social media and different forms and different ways and this hashtag came about that was people make the world beautiful and so essentially they were stories that somehow touched your heart through the hospitality industry. Okay. I wonder if you have one that you'd like to share with the listeners today. 
Well, yeah, for sure, actually. And it, it really involves the growth of, of our business. Um, when we opened, we didn't have a clue what we were getting into. We didn't know the industry. We knew we had to sell beer. And that was kind of my direction and still is, is the outside sales of, of all of our products. And every, when we opened, pretty well every restaurant in Sylvan Lake opened their doors to us. There's, there's restaurants that said, don't even, I don't even care what kind of beer you want to bring us, just bring us something. So we have it on, we want to have you. I remember running into uh, the liquor manager of co-op, of uh, the co-op liquor stores in central Alberta. I ran into her, I'd never met her before, down in Spruce View of all places. She said, stock all my stores bring every every style of beer bring five flats of it to every one of my stores and that like cleaned out tanks of beer for us we as we progressed through the kind of through growing i guess we moved into more restaurants started pushing for that like more and more and i started to get to know actually one of my my most memorable was meeting um the manager from uh state maine in red deer and me and her became really good friends. And she actually introduced me to a lot of people that helped me actually work up through Franworks and, and get to know people through that. And, and it was all through networking. It wasn't, no one knew our beer. No one knew who we were. No one, we were new. We were not even a year old. And there was people that were giving us credibility for what we were doing without even trying our product. Mm -hmm. And it was strictly based on the networking. and the help and how everyone would kind of put you on to the next person say like yeah we really like what you're doing here now talk to this person and then I would say hey well while you're down here go jump over I remember there was one day I was in Calgary at uh, one of the original Joe's downtown and they put me on to like four more stores before I left town I was going down there to meet with them and by the time I left they had me go to like five more stores or four more stores and it was like it was such a good day to get to meet all these people and they're excited about it and they all threw it on like that it, it just the, the way it grew was from the people yeah. and it was so cool to get to be part of that and to just sit down with them and, and get to say thank you and like this is like I can I know this this is what how this happened and it, it makes me so happy to have that support because it's nothing that you can do just by yourself it's not and it's it's a big industry and it's like that's like hospitality that's finest adam right like i think that that's so cool and you actually when i first met you actually shared a story with me you were talking about how the brewers community is so cool too and you said you know like if somebody needs something somebody needs some hops or you know whatever some yeast and you said you know some other maybe blind man came to you not too long ago and had to borrow something that they were short of but they needed it in that moment to finish that beer and it's that you guys support each other like that. And I was like, Whoa, that's so cool. Like, I love that when you told that story. So the, um, yeah, I think it's really beautiful. Yeah. The, the brewery industry itself is a whole, whole nother animal too. It's, it is so welcoming. And when we were building our, our brewery, there was the other breweries in central Alberta that would just let us come into the back of their breweries to take pictures of electrical lines of, the steam lines, the water, like anything we needed, how they put stuff together, what not to do. They would, they would point us in the right direction. And, and nothing was like a secret. Nothing was confidential. They, everyone opened their doors and said, hey, don't do it like this. Do it like this or set this up like this or buy a bigger one of these. Or, and 
the advice helped us to build what we're very proud of our, our brewery and like exactly like you say yeah we've had other breweries call within like a moment's notice and say hey i need six kilograms of hops can you help me and you're like well yeah we got those ones come come on over i've had a, another brewery call and say like we're running a canning line today but we have no tops for our cans can you help us out we've loaded the van up and run them over like 60 sleeves of can tops and yeah. it works both ways like everybody helps each other because we're all growing we're all small business and it's it's a really cool world and I'm really happy to get up every day and get to be part of it and to get to talk to these people and our there's there's no competitors we talk to everybody back and forth like what are you guys brewing oh I want to try that like breweries will drive by and drop off their new beers for us to try and we'll do the same thing just because everybody's doing something different with a different ingredient and a different timeline and it's so awesome to see the different variances that everyone's putting out and how much care everybody puts into their own beers when when they sit down to make a beer they're putting exactly the same amount of love the same amount of time the same amount of thought the the consistency and the just the quality control that goes into these things like craft beer is such a hands-on cared about product and when we put it out the door we're fully confident that you will enjoy it so it's it's cool that everybody's under that same mentality and you're all just kind of doing the same thing in different towns like it's it's so it's so fun it's it's cool I like talking to those guys <laughs> I think yeah I think it's so cool and I also just want to point out like I'm not sure how aware you are of this but you radiate it like you radiate this like I could see why people would want to share with you and want to be around you so um I think you're doing I think you're doing a really beautiful thing and um yeah, I love it. I love it. So it's really cool. Every time I do one of these podcasts, I don't know if I told you this. I think I did. I always do like a quick lightning round closer. All right. <laughs> Are you ready? I wrote them down. So it's going to look, oh yeah, this is a good one. <laughs> if you could have any celebrity endorse your beer, who would it be and why? Oh man. I know. <laughs> Jon Snow would be all right. I could Ooh. deal with Jon Snow. You're in, you're in the Game <laughs> of Thrones season, hey? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're a little behind the times, but we're working our way through it, and it's, it's pretty good. Winter is coming, Adam. Yeah, it, it's snowing right now. <laughs> What's the craziest thing you've ever done? Uh, flying, for sure. Um, getting into that was crazy. Financially, it was crazy. Um, mentally, it was crazy. And jumping on that on a whim, not actually having a future plan with what I'm going to be doing with it. And now I'm not doing it. Yeah, it's crazy. But <laughs> it was good memories. It was great life experiences. And I would not take it back. I, I don't regret a second of it. Um, it's still a really cool skill that I have. And I know I can still go rent a plane if I want to. But it's that was insane. And I look back now, I'm like, to my wife, I'm like, why, why did you let me do that? <laughs> She's but like, I couldn't did. stop you. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you were growing up, what did you think you were going to be when you grew up? What was your, your dream? I was going to be an orthodontist. Oh, that was your dream, hey? <laughs> that, I wanted to be an orthodontist. I drew pictures of braces and had oh. all the printouts of stuff I've looked up and this is pretty young honestly this is kind of the first job I've ever pushed for and made happen and I don't even yeah I don't have no no backing on it but yeah that's 
that's I wanted to be an orthodontist. Weird. <laughs> so, last question. Not weird. Not weird. Any orthodontist listening, that's not I'm, weird. That's great. <laughs> I just, it's weird for me. I'm trying not to pass judgment on you right now. So we just had a really good, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> when you are old, here's my last one for you. When you're old and you look back on your life, what do you think will have mattered most? Uh, the people that I spend my time with or choose to. I think no matter what you're doing, um, wherever you're doing it, it's always about the people around you, how they make you feel, how they support you, and how even when you're at your lowest, there's always someone there to pick you up if you're surrounded by, by good people. And I think it doesn't matter where I go from here or what I did before, but I always can look back and know who's around me and that it's a big part I think cool I love that so uh in closing is there anything you would like to say or a message you'd like to leave no I was just gonna just finish with that craft beer if anyone that's listening that hasn't tried it or is steering clear of it because it's overwhelming or too much I just give it a shot make sure you go out because these are people that are, are making this by hand this is this is a a wholesome product from locally sourcing ingredients. We live in Alberta with world-class grain out our back doors. Like you drive by fields that, of grain that people are buying all over the world to make beer from. And we are lucky enough to have it right here. So go out. And even if it's not our beer, I mean, for sure, try our beer if it's there, like give it a shot. But even if it's not, there is a ton of Edmonton breweries. There's a, there's a ton of breweries all down through central Alberta. There's a ton of breweries in Calgary go try one, go sit in a tap room, try a beer that somebody has made, put that time and effort into, and and just check out the appreciation for what you see around. Craft, craft beer is amazing. It's not just sitting down to grab a pint and watch the, the game. It's, it's about conversation. It's about the product itself. It's about the flavors. It's about every part of that beer as you drink it has been thought out. And then that product is somebody's home run and just go give it a shot. I, I just challenge everybody out there to, to go try a craft beer that you haven't had before or try one at all. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Adam. I am really grateful for your time and you know your energy, I love it. I think you're going to do amazing things and I love Snake Lake. I am now a supporter. I'll be drinking Sidewinder IPA. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll go get my Lushed Up. That sounds like a really good name for me. So I'll go get that as well. And if it's not there, we'll make sure we bring another one. Okay, sounds good. Well, thank you so much for being here today with me. I sincerely appreciate it. You betcha. Thank you, Ali. Well, that's a wrap, everyone. Another week of discovering hospitality and one more amazing guest on to share their beautiful stories. Thank you so much to all of you, our listeners, for your continued support. The success of this podcast is totally because of all of you, and to that I owe my deepest gratitude. Now, if you enjoyed today's episode, share it with a friend. And as always, don't forget to rate, leave a review, and subscribe to this podcast. I love hearing your feedback. And remember, the world is always made more beautiful by people like you. Don't ever forget it. Until next week, take care, everyone, and we'll see you then.